Well, today we're going to continue our look at Cowboys culture and Christianity. And here's what we're going to talk about today. Last couple weeks we talked about sex, how to have hot and holy sex, right? And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, something for, uh, for the men in the house, okay? Um, is it too loud? Is this too loud? It's not too loud? Okay, good. All right, here's what we're going to talk about today. Ready for this? If you got your uh, pen and your paper out, men, you need to be taking notes, okay? This is the topic. Cowboys, studs, and Christianity. Cowboys, studs, and Christianity. I don't know if you've ever been out in a pasture with a group of studs in the band of uh, broodmares, uh, but my, uh, my wife's grandpa, Donald Gordon, many, many of you might have known him, uh, he, uh, he actually uh, raised horses. He had probably, at, at one point in his life, probably 90 mares or so, and three or four studs. And uh, I remember the first time I ever met him, uh, he met me at the door of their house. And uh, he, he stopped me and he looked at me like this. He went like this, and then he went like this. And he said, no worries, you can come in. <laughs> that was just kind of the guy, I guess he was. Uh, um, but he let me in, and then he actually took me out. I won't forget, he took me out to look at his uh, brood of, of or brood mares, his, his band of brood mares, and his studs. And, and he was so proud of those. Uh, those, those horses, and, 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 and to this day, they still raise great horses. I have a few of them, and uh, we're very proud of them. But here's the truth. Um, <clears throat> it's amazing how, uh, how protective a stud can be. I don't know if you've ever been out in a pasture with a, with a stud and, and his mares, but they can be really protective, and in the wild, they're even more protective. I don't know if you ever watch the Nature Channel, watch the Wild Mustangs, but in the wild, there's actually, uh, there's actually a lead mare that takes kind of care of the other uh, mares, right? Um, she leaves them to, to more food, she leaves them to water, all that stuff. But what does the stud do? The stud stays out on the edge of the band looking and watching for any threats. The stud is the protector of the brood, uh, of the brood mares. He's not lazy, he's aware. He, he's ready to fight to the death and he shows the herd that he can be trusted and counted on. Why? Because he's a stud. Right? Now, here's, here's the truth. Today, we're going to talk about how men can be studs. How men can be studs and how a husband can become a stud. Uh, how a husband can become a true, trusted man of God uh, that can be counted on. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk to the men in the barn. So women, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're not married, you, uh, maybe you're not married yet. That's okay. Um, I'm going to talk to the men, okay? It may be men, you're not married yet. You need to take notes today as well, because this uh, obviously applies to you as well. And let me say uh, this before I get started. I want to make a disclaimer before I start. Today, I'm going to talk to men as I would talk to a man, okay? I'm going to talk to you as a man. I wouldn't talk in this way to the ladies, but because we expect men to be men, I'm going to talk to you today a man to a man, okay? Um, and, and, and I do that because I want you to be a man. Um, <clears throat> now, in our culture today, we have watched many movements try to guild most of our men. And they try to guild them from their God-given roles. And I want to give you a couple examples of, of, of a couple movements that I've seen. The first one is the feminist movement. And I know all feminists are bad, uh, maybe you believe that. I don't believe that. I know that there are extreme feminists and there's not so extreme, extreme feminists. But here's 
what the extreme feminists would want us to believe about marriage and about relationships. It's this. And they define marriage as this. Saying that there is no distinction of a husband and a wife's roles. You get that? There's no distinction between a husband and a wife's roles. They live parallel lives, legally married, but functionally single. Independent of each other, not dependent on each other. Here's why, because some of the women, in, and I'm not going to say all of them again, some of the women in the feminist movement believe that, by golly, I ain't going to let no man, I'm not going to rely on no man in my life, and by golly, they're not going to leave me in nothing. And it's our feminist movement, and it's rampant. And again, it's trying to yield the men of their God-given role. Here's the second movement. I kind of made this one up. You ready for this? I call it the, I want to be a boy the rest of my life and not have any responsibility movement. How's that for a title? <laughs> yeah, no elbowing. No <laughs> now, let me, let me say that again. I, this, I call it the movement of, I want to be a boy the rest of my life and not have any responsibility movement. Now, uh, this movement is prevalent in today's society. This is where a boy never grows up to be a man. Instead of this scenario, this is the right scenario, instead of this one, which is this. Man leaves his parents' home, finishes his education or his vocational training, starts a career, meets a woman, loves her, honors her, dates her, and marries her, and parents children with her. Instead of that, which is the right scenario, here's what you have. This is the scenario. The boy moves out, but his parents fund his move, pay his bills and in his new pad, and, and they don't expect anything back. That's, that's the scenario. The boy, here's the rest of the scenario. The boy flunks out of school and quits every job that his dad got him because he, they actually try to make him work. Does anybody relate to this? Does anybody see this in our world today? Let me, let, me, let me make this scenario even more. He finds a girl, this boy does, and, and she picks up where his mom left off. By paying the bills, cleaning up his mess, and instead of honoring her, he takes advantage of her by showing no commitment but strings her along like a little puppy dog. Let me keep going. And as long as the boy gets to hang out with other boys, drinking beer and eating snacks, He's never expected to become a man. That's the, I want to be the boy for the rest of my life and never take a responsibility movement. And it's killing us. It's killing our kids. It's killing parents. It's killing our society. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with being a boy. I want my boys to be boys. I want them to have a great time. But over the years, guess what I need to be doing? Preparing them for manhood. Expecting things from them that are going to prove later on to, to help them to be a man. The problem is that a lot of guys don't want to grow up and be a man. And the, and the problem is, and I'll say this as well, parents aren't teaching them how to be a man. Right? And uh, it's just not expected in our world today. It, and here's the, here's the truth. When these boys get married... Their, their new young wife picks up, again, where their mom left off, and they do everything but wipe their butt. 
And you think it's not true. I see it all the time. When I do some premarital counseling, and some of you guys have done premarital counseling, it's none of you. Okay? <laughs> don't walk out here going, dang, Bo thinks I'm a boy. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I see it. I can, I can look at this female, and I can say, you're fixing to marry a boy. And all you're going to do is wipe his butt for the rest of his life. And that's what I want to say. <laughs> I don't always get to say it, but I want to say it. And it's true. Um, and you say, well, though you're a man or you're a boy, how do I keep from remaining a boy? Or how I'm a boy, how do I become a man worthy of being a stud? Worthy of being a good husband? Grab your note sheet, because here we go. You ready? Here we go. Today we're going to look at uh, the role of a husband in a Christian marriage. And women, can I put you at ease real quick? Listen, women. I am not a male chauvinist pig. You get it? I, I believe that God is not a male chauvinist God. I believe that men and women are both made in God's image and are equal. Can I get an amen, women? I believe that women can and are being used by God every day. I believe that women can have every spiritual gift that a man has. I believe that my wife is my partner, not my maid or a doormat to be stomped upon. And so before I get started, I want to say that. Because what you're fixing in here goes against what the culture is teaching you in Cosmos. Okay? And so, women, I want you to, to understand that. So I'm not going to be talking about our equality as men and women, but our roles as men and women. And singles, listen to this. This message is just as important to you if you're single. You need to be all about cultivating God's role for you as a man. And ladies, you need to be developing a godly standard for your future mates. And so, singles, this is for you as well. Well, where do we find what a husband's role or what a stud's role should be? Where do we find it? In the Word of God. The authoritative Word of God. Listen to the scripture. It'll be on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Listen to this. It's talking about husbands and wives. It says this. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Listen to this, man. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or without blemish, but holy and blameless. In verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, or he who loves his own body, loves his, or, I'm sorry. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. 
And the wife must respect her husband. Okay? Some good scriptures there. I know you guys are already picking up your pots and pans and fixing to throw them at me, ladies. But hold off just a second. Hold off, okay? Let's pray. I need some prayer. I need some protection, okay? Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, I know uh, that what I'm fixing to teach isn't popular with our culture. I know that the expectations for most men are not there anymore. Lord, help me to change that. Lord, help us to change that. Help those of us that are parents to change that. To, to give our kids an ex example of what it looks like to be a true man. And Lord, for the women in the house, may they feel loved today. And may they rest in knowing that you have a great design for both men and women. And so Lord, we give you all the glory. In your name I pray. Amen. Godly relationships, godly marriages, godly parenting all starts with a man. Can, let me say that again. Godly relationships, godly marriages, godly parenting all starts with the man. Amen? Amen? Now, now, again, I know that doesn't set well with a lot of uh, women and maybe a lot of the people that are out in the culture, but listen, it's a biblical thing. And you say, well, what is the, the husband, what role does he play in the marriage? Here's number one, you ready? You're taking notes. Number one is this. The man of the house has to have his priorities straight. The man of the house has to have his priorities straight. Now you say, well, what, is, what should be his priorities? Listen, I'm going I'm to give them to you. You ready for this? God, self, wife, and kids. Let me say it again. God, self, wife, and kids. And you, you're, you may be thinking, well, well, you got those mixed up. I mean, the self is in the wrong spot. It should be God, wife, kids, and self. And you think, well, that's probably the way it should be. But let me explain. you you, you got to get this. First of all, God must be first. And men, listen to this. This isn't a, a message for your wives. This is a message for you. God must be first in your life. And you say, well, how do I make God first? You have to be saved. And you say, well, what does saved mean? It means that you confess your sins to God, to Christ, and you ask Christ to come into your life and save you, to lead you, to guide you, to direct your life. And listen, every one of us has to make that decision. Either to serve the Lord or not to serve the Lord. And then you have to make that decision. Look at the Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, in other words, made right. And it is your mouth, with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all, uh, of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, men, if you want to change your world, if you want to change your, your, your life as a husband, you have to be saved. It's not enough to come to church. 
It's not enough to, uh, to say that you know God. It's not enough. You have to truly confess with your mouth, call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to come into my life and save me. I can't do it on my own. That's what you have to do. That's what I had to do to become a true man of God. And at some point, we all have to choose to surrender to Christ. You say, well, I can't do that. i got too much pride. Listen, it's not worth it. Your pride, your ego, what you think you've got to do as a man, it's not worth it. Because one day, listen, you're going to stand before Jesus, and Jesus is going to say, either I never knew you, get out, or he's going to say, come on in, boy. You did well. Men, listen. This isn't a white sermon. This isn't a, a message for your little kids. This is a message for you. And for you to put God first in your life can revolutionize your marriage, your kids, your, your everything, your job. And so you have to confess. And once you make that decision, it's not over. Listen, man, it's not over. You have to begin to live your life to honor Him, to honor Christ, making every decision to bring Him glory, reading His Word daily, sharing with others the good news that you have experienced in Jesus Christ, and making Him the center of your life, not just a part of your life. That's what it means to know Christ. And, and here's the thing, Matthew 20, 22, verse 37. The greatest commandment that Jesus ever gave us is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Listen, men. Many of you, you've not established that, that God is first in your life. And it's killing you. It's killing your family. It's killing your wife. It's killing your kids. Because they look at you and they go, man, I wish my dad, I wish my dad would lead me in, in a prayer. I wish my dad would read the Bible to me. I wish my dad would live a godly example. I wish my dad would stop talking that way. I wish my dad would treat my mom differently. I wish my dad would do this. I wish my dad would do that. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing it. I'm sick of the wife or the, the mom stepping in and going, and, and I do funerals a lot, and all I ever hear is, my mom was the spiritual one. Dad really didn't care. And I'm sick of it. And guess what? God is sick of it too. It needs to be the man that puts God first. And you say, well, I, I gave my life to Christ, but I don't have time to put God first. I'm, 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 Providing for my, my family. And, and again, I'm not under, under uh, I'm not undermining that. That is a part of your role. But listen, you should put God first. And if you if you say, Well, I can't, I, I can't, I don't have time, listen, that's why self is second. You ready for this? You got God first and self second. Look at verse 28 uh, of Ephesians chapter 5. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then the second greatest command that God or Jesus ever gave us in Matthew 22, 39. And it says this. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as what? Yourself. Here's the truth. Get this, men. Get this, women. Get this, all of you. For us to love our neighbor, we must love ourselves. 
If we are going to love and serve our spouse, we must be healthy ourselves. Now listen, in one sense, and you're going, well, are you preaching self, uh, you know, like self-praise? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not preaching that yourself should be uh, important over everything else, but it needs to be important. Let me explain. <clears throat> while we, listen men, while we are to serve our spouse emotionally, spiritually, sexually, we have an emotional physical, and most importantly, a spiritual obligation to ourselves. Now, let me explain that. If you don't, listen again, if you don't put your spiritual life, your, your personal growth as a man of God, your personal Bible study, your personal prayer time, and, and, and put that ahead of other things, listen, then you won't be able to serve your wife, love your kids, and do your job to the glory of God. Do you get that? I think we miss that a lot. I think we think, oh, I go to work, I bring home the bacon, that's all I need to do. No, listen, you have to give your time and your effort to God. You have to allow Him to fill you spiritually. You have to, to, to not live through your wife's spiritual life, but to live your own spiritual life so that you can serve your wife and your kids better. And I hear it all the time. Oh, church is for women. Reading the Bible is for my wife. Reading the Bible to the kids is what my wife does. And you think, well, that's not very masculine. I, I, I mean, I'm not. That's the girl stuff. Really? What about Jesus? I mean, all we got to do is look at Jesus to find out what true masculinity looks like. Jesus was tough with religious bullies. He defended his, his family. He was tough with them. Jesus was tender with women, children, and those who suffered. Jesus, listen, took responsibility for himself. Jesus worked his job for the first 30 years of his life as a carpenter, and he spent hours and hours a day talking to his father, God. Jesus, he took responsibility for us on the cross when he gave his life for our sins. I deserve death, but he died in my place. Listen, man. True masculinity is found in being like Jesus. And you say, well, what does it look like? What does it look like to put my own spiritual life first? You ready for this, man? Listen. You make time to spend with God. You make time. You get up earlier or you stay up later to spend time praying and reading the Word of God. You pray over every decision that you make to make sure that it's within God's will. Listen to this, guys. You pray for and with your wife. You pray for and with your kids. Listen, get this. Your personal spiritual growth will help you be stronger, more compassionate, more loving, and more effective as a husband and a father. And so it starts with you. It starts with yourself, filling your life, feeding your, your heart with the truth of God's Word. And can I, can I just throw a side note in here? And this is the one that gets me a lot. And you think well, it, it shouldn't, but it does. Your physical health is just as important. Some of you, man, you... you <laughs> 
And I'm not dogging really anybody because I, I, I suffer from a lack of self-control when it comes to eating as well. But listen, man, if you're not physically healthy, you won't feel like serving your wife. If you're not physically healthy, you won't be able to serve your wife. If you're not physically healthy, you won't be able to be the example to your, to your wife or to your kids because you'll be dead. Now listen, do I eat McDonald's? Yes. I have three kids. Do I eat cake? Do I eat brownies? Yes. But when I'm not physically working out or physically doing something, guess what? I don't feel like serving my wife. And so physical side of it is important. If you want to be healthy spiritually, you need to work on the physical side as well. And I, I just throw that in as a challenge for myself. Listen, without putting God first and your, your own spiritual life second, you will not be able to fulfill the second principle of being a godly husband. And here it is. Ready? Write it down. Number two, husbands are called to lead their wife and kids. Husbands, and, husbands are called to lead their wife and kids. Look at verse 23 of Ephesians 5. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. I know, again, some of you ladies are going, he's the head of me? Let me explain. What, what does it look like to be the head of your wife? Well, again, to answer that question, guess who we look to? Jesus. How did Christ lead his church? Did you catch that? We are to be the head of our wife as Christ is the head of the church. How did Christ lead the church? Listen to this. He led it lovingly. Listen, men. You think this is a, a verse that you can use to be a brute and to tell your wife what to do? Listen, Christ didn't do that. He loved the church lovingly. He, he gave himself up for the church. He gave himself humbly to the church. He gave himself sacrificially. He led by being a blessing, not a burden, and by taking responsibility not for just himself, but for others. And you say, well, why? Or well, how do I do that? How do I apply that to my life? Listen, you've got to be like Christ. Listen, it means that we lead our wives lovingly. Are you getting this? We lead our wives, our, our wives humbly. We lead our wives sacrificially by being a blessing to her and taking responsibility not only for ourselves, but for her emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. Now listen, guys. I, I know that it's easy to walk into your home, because I do it all the time, and all I want to do is consume. <laughs> Anybody like me? Anybody walk home and go, where's the food? Anybody? Anybody come home and you know say, well, why is it? Why is the house not picked up? That's the wrong thing to say. Yeah. The better, better thing to say is, I never mind. I'm not going to do that. Here's the fact. Listen, man. The most important job that you and I have is the one that we don't get paid for. It's loving our wife and loving our kids and giving them a godly example. Listen to this. If you don't do these things, you are sinning. And you say, I'm sinning? How am I sinning? I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not hitting my wife. I'm not, you know, hitting my kids. I'm not doing anything that. Listen to this. God has taught you and is teaching us that we are to be the head of our home. If you don't do what he's expecting you to do, guess what? You're sinning. It's called the sin of omission. 
The sin of knowing what's right, but not doing it. And can I just throw this in to you ladies? And, I, and I'm going to let my wife talk next week a little bit about this. Can, ladies, those of you that are married, those of you that, that want to take the reins and lead your family and undermine your husband's role as the head, guess what? You're sinning as well. You're sinning because, first of all, you got to submit to God, and second of all, you need to submit to your husband. And I'm going to let my wife explain and define what that looks like, okay? So number one, godly husbands have, a pri- have their priorities straight. Number two, godly husbands lead their family. And can I just say this, man? I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It ain't easy to be a, a, a godly man. It's easier to be a godless man, right? It, and, and, and I don't know about you, but, but I, I told you the story the other day. I had three flats in one day. Do you know what three flats uh, shows me that I need to do? Not get new tires, but buy a new pickup. Amen? <laughs> Will you guys repeat that to my wife? Please? But here's the truth. A pickup that is loaded, and I, I want to pick up the, the, I want a diesel pickup. I don't know why you say diesel prices are bad. My kids are getting to the age where we got to haul some horses around. I need a diesel pickup, not a little, you know, a little gas pickup. Anyways, so just, I'm just throwing that out. If you want to send my wife a message saying, God spoke to me, and your husband needs a diesel pickup, that would be really good. Um, but here's the truth. A, a, a loaded pickup drives smoother and straighter. A loaded van drives smoother and straighter. Listen, a man that takes responsibility, a man that doesn't look to other men to raise their kids, that doesn't look to the church to raise their kids, to show their kids what it looks like to be a a godly example. Listen, real men don't look for other men, schools, or even churches to carry their load. Real men carry their own load with God as their source for strength and with godly men as their support. Do you get it? And and can I just apologize to some of you men because here's the truth for some of you men. You never had the expectation or the example of what that looks like. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you didn't have a father. That they gave you a godly example. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you didn't have a mom or a dad that expected you to be a man. I'm sorry that that didn't happen. But, listen, here's the truth. Through Christ, it can change with you. Through Christ, you can change your own kids. You may say, okay, Bo, I know I'm supposed to be the leader of my family. Give me some practical examples or ways to do that. Listen, man. You ready for this? Write this down if you're taking notes. Again, number one, it starts with yourself. Leading spiritually by example. It starts with yourself. Number two, go to work. Be the provider. You say, well, you know, how, how, do I, how do I lead my family? You go to work and be the provider. And you say, well, I'm disabled. I'm not talking about all the exceptions to the rule. If you're disabled, I'm not talking about you. If you can't work for some physical reason, I'm not talking about you. I'm not downgrading anybody that can't physically do some work. But those of us that can do work, you need to go to work. Number three, honor your wife in every aspect of your marriage. 
Physically, you need to honor her. Emotionally, you need to honor her. Verbally, you need to honor her. Can I just tell you, verbally is a big one. You know why I really realize that? Because whatever I say to my wife, guess what? My kids repeat. Whatever I, I, I say to my wife, it, it just gets, it gets uh, my kids want to just, for some reason, tell everybody. I mean, have you ever been there? I mean, they go to school and they tell, you know, oh, never mind. I, you know, that, so verbally, you got to honor your wife verbally. And here's, here's another thing that I think we all, all of us men think that, that we can control. you got to honor your wife financially. Can I just tell you that's one that I struggle with? I'm a spender, and my wife is a saver. And for the longest time in our marriage, guess what I did? I spent money. And guess what my wife did? She cringed every time she had to do the checkbook balances. And here's what I wasn't doing. I wasn't honoring my wife. Here's the compromise. Can I, can I just give you uh, maybe something to do in your own family? Compromise. Here's, here's, and here's what it looks like for my wife and I. Are you ready for this? As long as we're putting money back, I get to spend a little money. Does that make sense? As long as she's feeling emotionally uh, satisfied that I'm putting some money back and that we're out some money in savings, guess what? I get to buy Western Horseman magazine. I, I get to get a Slurpee at the 7-Eleven. You know what I'm saying? I get, to, I get to buy a new halter. I, I get to do all these things as long as she's being fulfilled financially as well. Does that make sense? And listen, man, that's a big one. You think, well, I made this money. I've said it. I made this money, and you're not going to tell me how to spend my money. Guess what? It's not my money. It's his money, and it's our money. So you've got to honor your wife financially as well. Here's number four. Let your kids watch. Let your kids watch you honor your wife. I think a lot of times we hide the affection that we have of hugging our spouse. Kissing our spouse on the lips is a pet, not making out, you know, in front of our kids. I don't want to get my kids into ideas. But here's the deal. Let your kids watch. You say, I can't, I can't, um, I can't be nice to my wife in front of the kids. I'm a man. Listen, you're not a man if you can't be nice to your wife in front of the kids. Let your kids watch. Let them see what it means to be an example to live a godly life. Let them see you reading the Bible. Let them see you praying. Let them see. And here's number five. Be a good head. Be a good head. You say, what does that mean? A husband that is a good head will not abuse his headship will not abandon his headship, and will not avoid his headship. You get it? Instead, he will accept it and love his wife as Christ loved the church. And you may be saying, well, well, I'm single. What can I do to prepare for this? And can I just throw this little side note in? Single parents, those of you that have kids and you're a single parent, your priorities are different right now. Your priorities ought to be God, self, and kids. And again, if you put God first, you'll be, you're, you're doing it right. If you put yourself second and you 
Pour the Word of God into yourself, and you get your heart right, and you go to work, and you do what you're supposed to do, and you fulfill yourself, then you will be able to serve your kids. But if you go God, kids, and himself, and you neglect yourself, guess what? You're going to burn out, and you're going to be a miserable mom or dad. You say, well, I can't go to the gym. I can't leave my kids. Yes, you can. It's worth it. Your kids will enjoy you more if you are physically, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. They will. They will. But, and can I just say this, this to those of you that are, that are married with kids? If you decide to remarry, guess what? Your priorities need to change again. God, self, your husband, and then your kids. You say, no, 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 no. If I get remarried, my kids are going to come before my husband. Guess what? You will end, your marriage will end in a divorce for the second time. You know why? Because you're neglecting what God has instituted and designed, and that's to put your husband first. So if you don't want to put your husband first the second time you get married, don't get married, because you're going to get a divorce. I see it all the time. Oh, my kids are most important to me. Well, then don't get remarried. Don't do it. Because I don't, I don't, again, I marry some people that are divorced, and, and, I, and, and I'll just tell you this. From my experience, the second one has a less of a chance of, of, of working. Less of a chance. It's just the way it is. And again, there's a lot of baggage that goes in with that. I'm not saying it can't work because there's a lot of great second marriages that do work. But you've got to have your priorities right. Okay? Um, single men, here's how you can prepare. Listen to this. Prepare yourself spiritually to be the best husband you can be. Prepare yourself spiritually. Don't be going out looking for a spiritual wife and you not be a spiritual man. I see it all the time. I'm ready to settle down. I'm going to look for that good girl, that girl that doesn't do anything wrong. I'm going to look for that girl that's a, you know, a godly girl, but I'm not a godly man myself. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Single guys, you need to prepare yourself to be the spiritual leader of your home. You need to go to work. You need to become a provider, not just a consumer. And you need to wait on the Lord to bring you a godly woman. A godly woman. It's okay to look as a single man. It's okay to pursue as a single man. It's okay to be attracted. You have to do your part to pursue her. Again, that's another God-designed thing. But listen, wait on the Lord. Wait on him to bring you the perfect one. And, can, and, and this, is, this, is, this is just for all you men. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm going to give you ten pickup lines, okay? You ready? Ten pickup lines that every Christian cowboy t- ought to use. Number one, I have a job. <laughs> That's a great pickup line. Yeah. Here's number two, I have a job and a savings account. That's a great pickup line, I'm telling you, especially for father-in-laws. My father-in-law, one of the first things he asks is, how's your credit? Here's number three, I know how to do laundry. That's a great pickup line. I mean, you, you use these men, you won't be single very long. Here's number four. I actually love to cook, and when I'm done, I prefer to clean up everything instead of leaving it in the sink. 
mean, I mean, if that doesn't get you married, I don't know what will. Number five, watching the same RFD TV horse shows for four hours in a row is a complete waste of time. I would much rather watch Dancing with the Stars with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a great pickup line. How about this one, number six? I would love to hear how you feel about whatever and would never interrupt you except for points of clarification. <laughs> I want to clarify what you're saying. Number seven, this may only apply to my life. Twilight is awesome. <laughs> my wife loves this Twilight series. I have no idea why. Vampires gross. But that's a great pickup line. Here's number eight. I love watching barrel racing and would love and be happy to go every weekend to watch you chase the cans. <laughs> Woo, that is a great one right there. I don't know about you, but I go to the restroom during barrel racing. Do you know that? Sorry, women. Sorry, ladies. Now, here's number nine. Here's number one. This is a great pickup line. I am out of debt. How cool is that one? I'm out of debt. And here's number 10. One of my favorite things to do is wait on people while they shop. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm telling you guys, use those pickup lines all you want. You can claim them for your, for your own. You won't be single long. Now listen, you say, well, I'm a woman. I, I'm a single woman. How do I prepare? Listen to this, women. You ready? Here, here you go, single women. First of all, align yourself, align your, your life spiritually to be ready to submit to your husband. I know you don't like that, and we're going to explain how to do that next time. I'm not saying that women that you, uh, you, you don't live life, I'm not saying that you don't enjoy your freedom because you're single. Enjoy your freedom. Go, go places, travel all you want, enjoy your freedom. But listen, you ought to prepare and, and, and prepare to submit to God and prepare to submit to your husband. And again, I'm going to let my wife define what submission really looks like next week. Number two is this, only marry a man that you respect and trust enough to follow. Women, did you hear that? Only marry a man that you respect and you trust enough to follow. And here's number three. Don't marry a boy, marry a man. Don't marry a boy, marry a man. Or here's the other side of that. Some men, some boys are going to make great men, but you need to give them some time to grow up. Some, I, I was a boy. I, I did boyish things even at, you know, 25 or, you know, 18 or whatever it was. But listen. You don't need to settle for a boy. You don't need to settle and give up all your standards for a boy. Listen, and can I just close with this? Men, if we don't lead our family, Satan will. If you don't lead your family, if you don't lead your wife, if you don't lead your kids, Satan will. He's doing it all the time. He started with the beginning of creation. Remember Genesis chapter 3? Man was out of the picture. Guess what? Eve was tempted because the man wasn't in the picture. Even when, when the man came in the picture, he was a coward. And he didn't tell his wife, we're not supposed to do this. We are not supposed to eat of this.
fruit. And guess what? The world was changed forever because of the sin of man. And so if you're not going to be a man, if you're not going to step up and lead your family, guess what? Satan will. He'll provide another man to tempt your wife so that she commits adultery and your life is ruined. He will provide another boy to take your girl out and get her pregnant and, and, and ruin part of her life. God wants you to get your priorities straight, and he wants you to lead your family. That should be how you act, and that is what it means to be a stud. Let's pray again. For those of you that are, that are men, let me ask you these questions. Are your priorities straight? Is, is God first in your life? I'm not asking, have you made a decision? I'm asking you, are you living out the decision that you made? Is God first in your life? I mean, your kids, are they going to grow up and know that you were a provider financially? You were a provider um, with great things. You were a provider with, you know, money and all the other stuff, but you didn't provide them with anything spiritual. The second question is, are you leading your family? You say, yeah, I mean, my, my kids know how to work. My kids got jobs. My kids are, you know, they're responsible. All those great things. But how, how are you leading them spiritually? Do you expect me to do that? Do you expect Blake and Jamie to teach our youth? Do you ex expect the, the teachers in, in children's church to teach your kids how to love Jesus? Listen, man, it's our job. It's our job. And it starts with you. And so maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you're going, man, bro, I, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not doing anything right. Listen, it's not over. You can change. Your wife can't change you, but God can. And if you will take it one step at a time, one step, I may be getting up earlier and reading the Word of God, maybe just read one verse every day and let your kids watch. Let your wife watch. It will revolutionize your life. Maybe you're single and you're thinking, man, so I... I still have my priorities out of whack. I'm not ready. I think I am, but I'm really not because apparently I don't have myself ready to serve my wife. Here's my challenge. Get yourself ready. What's your priorities straight? Become the man that, that a godly woman would want. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, you know what, though? I'm a boy. 
I'm a boy. My mom and dad, they didn't expect squat out of me. They still pay my bills. They still do this. I'm 28 years old, and they're still funding everything for me. Listen, it's time to grow up. It's time to take on some responsibility and become a man. You say, well, I, I, need, I need help. We're here to help. I'm here to help. There are men in truth that are here to help. Let us know. We will help. Here's what I'm going to do. If you head by and your eyes closed for just a second. How many of you men would say today, you know what, Bo? I, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying, and I want to I wanna continue to grow in being a husband that God wants you to be. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that? Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to point you out. Thank you. All across the room. Thank you so much, men. That's the first step. Now it's time to go live. I want to just take a minute. Maybe give you some time to be quiet. And just say, okay, well, what is it? What is it? Where are my priorities? What needs to change? Where can I grow? Nobody's looking around. Women, can I just say something to you real quick? Let your husband lead. Pray for your husband. Serve your husband. Love your husband. Empower your husband by respecting him. It's the greatest gift that you'll ever do. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's our authority and how to live this life. I thank you for the men in this room that are serving and loving you, that are they're passionate about their relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you for the men in this room that are, that are loving their wife as, as you love the church and as you, as you sacrifice for the church. I thank you for those men. Lord, I pray for those men that may be struggling to do that. I pray that you would strengthen them. Those that raised their hand today and said, you know what? I need to work on it. I need to grow. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would give them the power to, to do what's right, to get up a little earlier, to stay up a little later, to show their kids, to be an example of what it looks like to be a spiritual, godly man of God. To empower them. And Lord, I pray for the wives. I pray that they would, you know, encourage, respect, honor their husband and give them the reins so that they can leave that family. Lord, I pray for all those that are single in the room, that are looking for a future mate. Lord, I pray that they would prepare to be the mate themselves that they expect the other person to be. That they would make their own spiritual walk their priority. And that you would bring a godly, loving mate.
Well, we thank you again for today. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.